0: We are here today with uh, with Anita Dixon. She is the executive director of UNESCO's uh, Creative City Network, am I correct?
1: Creative City KC.
0: And, and your partnership with the Kansas City Museum, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about UNESCO and uh, about Kansas City's designation as a city of music uh, in UNESCO's Creative City Network.
1: Well, UNESCO stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Um, It was founded in probably 2004 as as a part of United Nations, and it centers mostly on the creative aspects of humanity, film, music, food, design, various things that we literally can't get along without. And uh, in 2017, I applied and wrote the application that made Kansas City the only creative city of music in the United States under UNESCO. Mm-hmm. So the importance of that is that <clears throat> the creative aspects of What became what what coalesced into jazz here in Kansas City was significant enough to humanity, obviously, that uh, we won that designation in 2017 based on the heritage and the history of uh, those that came before us. And that was,
0: you were the executive director of Mutual Musicians Foundation uh, at the time. And how was, how important was getting Mayor Sly James' approval on that application in terms of the big picture?
1: Well, um, we were working with Mayor Pro Tem Scott Wagner.
0: Scott's That's a good egg.
1: Yes, he is. The important thing about that was you needed the signature of your mayor. So he, you know, as the application was being written, you know, we, we had this constant communication with this wonderful uh, assistant, Kimberly Randolph, and him, Scott Wagner, who kept, you know, up on what we needed. And by the time the application was finished and we submitted, we were down to the wire. I mean, it was 15 hours before it was, and they walked that whole thing through. And Scott and Kimberly literally put that in front of Sly James and said, Sign this. So 15 hours is, that's an international deadline? Uh, that was, we were on uh, an international deadline. It took me 22 days to write that 28 page application. That's like a thesis. Well, I, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was the application was down to characters, not words. You had to, yeah, you had to answer four-part questions in characters. Characters? They said if you can only, and space is counted. So if you were going to ask a four-point question, then you had to answer it in 175 characters, not 175 words.
0: 175 characters or less? Yes,
1: sometimes. Sometimes that. Oh, good grief. Sometimes they would give us 2,000 characters Uh that you had to, do that with but the important thing was it was 22 days so we're working side by side with the mayor pro tem and kimberly randolph and the, we're, we're side by siding with um jacob's office because the research came out of umkc
0: that'd be dr <laughs> jacob
1: wagner Dr. Jacob Wagner, the research came out of that. So my hands to be able to just sit down and write all of this information was because I had everything at my fingertips. I had the help of city hall through Scott Wagner's office Mm -hmm. to be able to look up the various statistics and data and things that were available that needed to be in there. We have the history and the heritage and everything that uh, UMKC and urban uh, the Urban Architecture Office had. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all of those things. The intenseness of it was that it was 22 days and we literally submitted it 15 hours before it was due.
0: I'm just, I'm stunned. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean,
0: that's like stress personified. Tell
1: me about it. I went to bed for two days, literally. After that. After that. Well, after it, the button was pushed and it said received... I, you know you know you go limp and then you spend the next <laughs> six months figuring out if you got it right so we spent six months and on October 31st 2017 uh it was announced internationally that Kansas City was the only creative city of music in the United States
0: what are some of uh, I think Hamburg Germany is is one of those cities uh, Hanover Germany Hanover that's where yeah, Han- Hanover Germany and they yeah. they sent a uh, they sent a big band in October of this year, did they yes, not? Yes, Here to Kansas City.
1: Yes, they're part of the Sister City program also. Okay. You know, but um, currently we have over 60 cities across the world that are creative cities of music, with Kansas City being the only creative city of music in the United States.
0: That stands out. I mean, when you, when you consider other cities... In the United States that are far more, let's just say, musically, I guess, attractive or like Nashville, Memphis. Uh, I was in
1: Nashville that uh, the year that we got this thing and was kind of being criticized at a luncheon because I was sitting on a panel. And someone mentioned, well, why Kansas City? Well, we're the city of music. And the moderator at the time said, if Anita Dixon lived in Nashville, it would be us. It would be
0: Nashville.
2: (laughs) Right. So
1: it comes to where your heart is. My Mm -hmm. heart is here in Kansas City with this music and with this heritage and this history. And to say that that application was undaunting is putting it mildly that's why a lot of people just don't go and do it that's Mm -hmm. why they don't have anybody was on their radar it was on our radar because opportunity knocks only once when we're talking about the aspects of creative as economics and if ever a city needed to understand that that would be us.
0: So what is it? How do you how do you get that message across in terms of I mean, we, we, we hear it every week. The the council is going to do this. They're going to, you know, and, and lately Cerner and whoever picked up Cerner, I can't remember Oracle, you know, so they're abandoning this project. And, oh, but we've got this new project. That's that's EcoDevo. But you put that you put a word in front of economic development. What is that word and how important is that singular word to bringing tourism and culture to Kansas City?
1: That singular word is beginning to change what the world
0: does. And that's creative. Creative.
1: Yes. Creative economics. Is um, a phenomenon that's taken over the world internationally, and it's outpacing transportation, construction, building, uh, all of those things. Tech technology. Why is that so? It's because humanity is built on its creative aspects. If you look at the design of a building, somebody conceived that in their mind and put that out there. Uh, food, gastronomy is an art you know, the way things are put together. So people are beginning to make the connection that economics is just not a widget. Mm -hmm. It is intangible. It is understandable to where people who are of different races and backgrounds and stuff can conceive of coming together and making something a revenue stream, okay? And to be able to take this thing called jazz, this thing called music and turning into a creative economics takes an international field that we have garnered with unesco Mm -hmm. so now that we have it we need to understand how to move it how to make it work for us
0: and go ahead i'm sorry
1: making it work for us is what we're trying to get to now um Melissa Robinson was gracious enough to understand what we're doing. She and Lee Barnes and Scott Wagner have been the driving forces behind trying to get the city and aspects of the city to understand why creative economics is money. Okay, why we need to pair it with our sports organizations and things like that. You can um, have a lot of things but you can't do anything without music. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You know, think about your life without it. it Where would you be? Where it, would humanity be? It just would. It's inconceivable. That's why people don't want to think about it. It'd just be white noise. Yeah, that. Would, that's why people don't want to look at it as economics. But then when they turn around and they have aspects like, okay. Um, record companies making money and, you know. Are you ready for some football? You know these guys are out here <laughs> <Hank sitting
0: Junior. laughs> and
1: twanging on stuff, and you know getting everybody hyped and ready. That's money. What goes into that? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get uh, through this ordinance that Melissa Robinson is sponsoring. Uh, the understanding that the economics that is needed, the money that is needed, we need a strategy. We need to be able to sit down and put in layer by layer, bit by bit, how all of these machines that we already have going. We've got the Kaufman Center. Mm -hmm. We've got all these beautiful places, Sprint, whatever it's called. I'm not sure if it's Sprint anymore. The the T-Mobile Center. T-Mobile Center. We've got all these wonderful things and casinos Mm -hmm. and stuff, but everybody's out here kind of like doing their own thing. Unlike Nashville, unlike New Orleans, you know, unlike these places that have targeted this business called music, Mm -hmm. this creative called music and turned it into an economic driver. Okay, people are driving to them. Now, case in point, um, New York City came up with two hundred and fifty million dollars and immediately took six of our best musicians out of here. Why? That thing went where the money went. Made sense right. to me. hmm Made sense to me. You know, people are pouring money into their creative because it makes money back faster than what we think that is going everywhere else.
0: So if you, as, as you, and that's Resolution 220993 that designates $425,000 as a, a line item, in the 2023-2024 city budget, mm-hmm. which we're going to enter into the debate phase and discussion phase of that first part of next year, and then it'll get ratified on, I believe it's May 1st, as the city's fiscal year. Um, are you looking at, at uh, targeting large venues with that, or will it be more of a network of small to mid-sized venues, like mm-hmm. the Knuckleheads, like the... Oh. Oh. Um, yes. Some of the
1: we're looking to put together a strategy that invites and brings everybody's opportunities into this. You know, don't negate a knuckleheads on the scale of blues and rock and roll and stuff out there in the rest of the world. They're huge, right? Exactly. They're huge. Kaufman's classical, mm-hmm. huge. If we put together a strategy where the money is coming through, where the musicians connect with the venues, where the venues connect with the dollars that are spent in tourism and the development of that, and people are coming here to cons- not only to consume what we have, but to live here
2: mm-hmm. so right. that
1: they can take advantage of what's going on, the tax base rises. We have more room and more need for housing for particular things, more need for hospitals. Mm-hmm. More need as the money grows with these people. It, it just is an economic strategy that far reaches beyond having uh, an organization that just gives you a job. Right. You know this is this is creative. This is somebody who's sitting in their home knitting and making things. For consumption. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who makes the best sweet potato pie in town. Where's that? (laughs) Where's that? (laughs) I I neglect to say who it is. I'll get in trouble. Come on. Okay. (laughs) I'll get in trouble. But I'm telling you, when you when you have the aspects of creative working for you, when you've got crafts and folk art, when you have film, when you have all these things working together in one strategy, like Nashville, there's no way in the world you can go to Nashville and not go to Grand Ole Opry or turn around and see a little shop that has a big guitar on the front. Why? Because they're pushing themselves as a music city. Right. Exactly. Okay. they've got everybody engaged in this right now. We're not all engaged. We're all kind of separate on how we do things. So we're not viewed as a city of music. We're, we're viewed as a historic spot where jazz started mm-hmm. instead of capitalizing, for lack of a better word, right on um, what we need to do to make this turn into money
0: for everybody. So what does that, that $425,000, what does that represent And is it just, is it an open line
1: item or how is there? What it represents is an opportunity for us to hone in on what needs to be done. Okay. Right now we're kind of like a a small organization that got this big thing and we're treading water. Right. 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 We need to be able to settle down into this. We need to be able to hire the um, professionals. We need to be able to engage in meetings with various organizations in various ways. We need to develop a nighttime economy, which is going to be something that the council and those people have to understand why it's important Mm -hmm. to have a nighttime economy. Why are we looking at this? We have conventions that come in that traditionally, culturally, they don't come out of meetings till 10 o'clock where every restaurant in town is closed. Right. By 10.
0: It's like flying into KCI. the the, the, the middle old, of the night. Well, hell, at 5
1: o'clock in the afternoon on Not a Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> Where do you eat? Where do you go? To be able to develop a cultural, like we have no interpreters. We have no money exchange. We have no none of these things that bring in national and international business. Mm-hmm. So we need to develop that and there needs to be banks and people like that on board who understand that this nighttime economy is just as much a part of the daytime and construction and the various things that we're putting together. On top of that, we've got a 1% for the arts. We need a 1% for music. We're trying to push a downtown you know, uh, situation with baseball. Okay, mm. I have nothing to say about that. I'm here over here trying to make sure we can pay for whatever the heck we, it is we're trying to Right, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, why can't we give 1% to the efforts to these musicians who are giving their lives and their various aspects of what they do to make sure that we shore up our image worldwide? Mm-hmm. And believe me, our image worldwide is great. It's great. Spotify uh, recognized that Kansas City Jazz is played over 3 million times a month in Europe. Okay, stop. Say that again. Spotify recognized that Kansas City-style jazz, Ben Webster, Charlie Parker, you know, Benny Moten, those people, has played over 3 million times a month in Europe. In Europe. In Europe. That's who knew who knows
0: these numbers? Who knew? We do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. So I guess how does how does that happen? How does how do you share that in 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 the general public circle so that the awareness grows? Well, and that's what we're trying to and you grow right? that line item from four and a quarter to, say, a million dollars in, in the next budget cycle.
1: Oh, it has to be done as quickly as possible because the more we're able to put into the development of the data, the development of the avenues and stuff, like, that, the more and the accelerated the opportunity becomes. Mm-hmm. OK, so there needs to be that. There needs to be a dedicated number of dollars that go specifically into updates and websites and information and things that generate and keep. How do they think this thing happens in Nashville You know, I've studied it extensively. Dr. Wagner and I have studied it extensively. They pour money into it. Right. Okay. In San Antonio, Texas, that is a UNESCO City of Gastronomy and World Heritage. They put $30 million a year into their UNESCO designation.
0: This is San Antonio, Texas. San
1: Antonio, where the Alamo. Right, yeah.
0: Davy Crockett. Yeah.
1: Yeah. $30 million a year. They recognize that their tourism base comes there to see that. Do they have any idea how big it would be if people from Hanover and Poland and Copenhagen, where Ben Webster from Kansas City is buried, would come here to Kansas City just to stand? We had a group here in 2015 from Copenhagen that came here just to stand on the corner on 12th street and vine underneath the sign. They all cried.
0: That's amazing.
1: All of them, nothing around them, nothing that it just said 12th street and vine. And they said, we made it. We did it. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamaica's Online Market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at ShamaicasOnline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamaica's, where customers become friends and friends become family.
0: From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. And now back to the newscast. You talk about all of the international designations. Uh, talk about some venues, and I, I think your partnership with the Kansas City Museum is key, key. in that in that designation and working. You know, with that four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, because they act on numerous occasions through the course of a year as, as a music venue. So how will that partnership with the museum uh, play out, say, for example, just in the next city budget cycle, working with UNESCO?
1: We have a, what we like to call a four part harmony uh, understanding of how we're going to accomplish it. And one of them is a tourism, preservation, education and entertainment Definitely, preservation is one of the most important aspects of building this this strategy. The Kansas City Museum is, by nature, the place where 100 years from now, somebody's going to come and say, how did this happen? What happened? So we need that aspect. We need to be able to give those images within a place that is ever-changing, thats ever changing OK, like museums should be, mm-hmm. you know, or like museums are beginning. They're calling people We're we're honing in on the understanding that as a museum, so to speak, it needs to be living. It needs to be constantly moving. And music does that. So our museum sessions that we've been doing since 2017, I say, mm-hmm. will be able people will be able to go in there and say the museum, you know, is, Uh, aspects of this have changed the way people look at preservation, okay, the importance of that as an economic driver. Nobody sees it as that. But it is definitely.
0: And that brings, you know, using those, and I'll call them secondary and tertiary venues, such as the Kansas City Museum, or even, you know, you have a Busker Fest or a Porch Fest that brings those, brings those artists out. You know, how do you get the word out to those, uh, to those artists, such as making movies or some of those up and coming garage bands that want to be a part of this, of this network?
1: That's where the strategy comes in. Right about now, we just. We don't have the manpower to be able to. It's kind of like within our circle and the people that we know, which is very wide, Mm -hmm. but it could be bigger and better if we had the dollars to designate to somebody to go out and find all of those people and all of those situations that are needed to be able to grow this situation. So we're really grateful for the fact that. Finally, we're being recognized as this economic driver so that money that is put in into what we're doing allows us to go out and widen the circle. And...
0: Have you got a strategy in place, say, for example, if this, just hoping that the budget ratifies this and it's $425,000, we've all been through the city budget cycle, we know what that's like. Um, if it's get If this gets passed and you get that line item, what's your next, what's your first move and then
1: how do you capitalize on that? That's a good, that's a great question. <laughs> what's our first move? Our first move is probably awareness. Is to get out here and literally get a campaign going so that we can let people know what the opportunity is and it be wide reaching so that people will be able to come to the table in this education, preservation, entertainment and um, tourism and each take a piece of what they need. It's like rock soup, right? The story. Of Rock Soup. You rock, heard of it? What? Rock Soup. Rock, rock Soup. Rock Soup is a very old story about three gentlemen who come to town to a starving city. And the city's starving. And they come in and they put a big pot in the middle of the, of the, of the square and put water and put rocks in it. And tell everybody they're going to feed everyone. But they invite everybody to bring what little bit they have to put into the pot. So everybody goes in, somebody's got a carrot, somebody's got a potato, somebody's got a piece of meat, and everybody brings it into the square and puts it into a pot. before you know it, there's plenty of food to feed everybody, and nobody realized it was there. That's what the premise is that we're trying to do, to get people to recognize that they're not on the outside of anything. They don't have to be on a blue ribbon panel in order to uh, benefit From what this is going to be. Nobody's going to direct. If you want something, you're going to be able to go to the table and say, here I am. This is what I do. Here's what I contribute and get and help us build this rock suit so that everybody can can benefit. From what is—that's the first thing—is awareness of what we'll
0: do. And I'm assuming part of that is going to be the hiring of a marketing coordinator, development coordinator. Is, is does that part of the plan to to build
1: that awareness? I—we'd have to. There has to be somebody who's dedicated to doing that, to making certain that they're. The plan is executed, the plan is put out, and the plan is implemented. See, that's another problem that we have with a lot of studies that are done. Okay, we get these studies, and nobody is doing the study. Oh, we did a study in 2009. And, okay, well, who implemented the study? Nobody. That has to be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Not only do the study, but implement the study.
0: So is it uh- When can we start to see tangible, I guess, what is a tangible outcome of that $425,000?
1: Tangible outcome that within a year, there'll be enough awareness out there in the world about who we are and what we do that we would have attracted a number of businesses, people, musicians, professionals that want in on this new thing. It's always somebody who wants in on the new thing. Right. Okay. Who wants to come into the city and develop what they want without being, you know, inhibited by, you know, all kinds of things you got to do. You come in, you stake your claim, you put it down, you start operating. Mm-hmm. OK, because the need is there. Right. The consumption is there. That's what we hope will happen.
0: So how do you how do you change that mindset in in the business culture of of Kansas City, Missouri, in the greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce? The how do, there's that Pro business mindset. How do you break down that wall and become part of that mindset?
1: I literally am going to ask them to turn off, turn off all radios, televisions, and anything that has anything to do with music for one day and see how they get along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, I mean that's see a that's a powerful that. statement. But
1: what? Yeah, you do uh,
0: that. You know, you. I, I still think that you got to crack that. You got to crack that well, ceiling.
1: You know, for me. I, I think it's gonna crack itself, I honestly do. I cannot sit here and say that music hasn't saved lives, hasn't done the things that it's done, and they can't say it either. So cracking is not going to be a problem. I'm thinking that capitalizing on how everything has happened is happening is gonna be where we fall into okay. you know, a situation. You know, because once that's done, all you gotta do is take something from people. And then realize it's gone. The pandemic showed us that.
2: Mm-hmm, right.
1: You know, we couldn't get out and, and take advantage of of going to the club or dancing around with people and stuff. And we felt that we felt that deeply. So now here's another chance to fill that pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the cities that are Bentonville, Arkansas is taking us by storm. It, okay, because they're putting money into Crystal Bridges. Right. Putting money into their music and to their arts so deeply that it's cutting into our ability to garner that tourism. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though we have this incredible designation. Okay, we need to play catch up at this point. So I'm thinking these people that make these decisions are going to see that we're way behind. And that this is probably the only viable situation that they can really see has the potential to move as quickly as it needs to move, even though they don't understand much about it. It's easy to learn. Turn off your radio. Turn off your TV.
0: Well, and, you know, perfect example is as a as a student of, of, of film scores. And somebody who uh, literally, you know, Max Steiner, Wolfgang, Eric Wolfgang Korngold. Let's look at Steiner. Steiner did the the uh, the orchestration for Gone with the Wind. And he's an internationally renowned, uh, you know, film score uh, person. I mean, he wrote that score. So if you take the music away from Gone with the Wind, you don't have much. You don't have much. And how much did that film score add to the film of, let's just say gone with the wind or even uh the Seahawk with what's his name Errol Flynn all of those depend so heavily on music to to build that emotion and to make that that motion picture a better product so you take that away and what you just got pictures
1: we have we have a master of music our ambassador Bill summers who was the um Percussionist for Herbie Hancock, Headhunters, Mm -hmm. the most prolific jazz fusion album of history. He's our man. He, he works with us directly. And he's helping us to build this understanding of this music. So he did Roots. He did The Color Purple. He did all of these big, big, you know, without that, music, where would we be? Right. Mm-hmm. Where would we be? So it is my hope that even the hardest line person who says, Well, I don't see anything in this music thing, all I ask you to do is just take this music thing. Out of your life, one day. I mean, shut yourself in the closet. Mm-hmm. Turn off everything.
0: And add and Go see, ahead.
1: don't you hear music playing in your head?
0: One of the you things know? that I and I just learned this. I'm sixty three years old, and I just learned this. This is no kidding. I just learned this three or four months ago. A guy by the name of I think it's Mark Mangelsdorf. Doesn't ring a bell? Devo. The guy in Devo has written a ton of modern film scores. Or Danny Elfman, Oingo Boingo, one of the big progressive eighties bands. Danny Elfman scored Pee Wee's Big Adventure, no. um, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, scored The Simpsons. It, so you, oh, I saw that on CBS. So you, you take somebody like the, and Mangelsdorf, I I had no idea. That's the deep, what? That's the Devo guy. What really? <laughs> so it's you know getting those names, I guess, in front of you and what they bring to the table in terms of music and and arts. Right. And just for me, that was huge. Right. And I'm a huge. Uh, Danny Elfman also did Batman, and we we know what the soaring score of that was. Well, it, it's amazing.
1: We're 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 in a city that created a whole new genre in this 100-year history of jazz that goes all over the world. There's no place you go on this planet, and I've been to six different places on this planet that do not have a dedicated situation for jazz. Well, Robert and Altman say, came back here to make the, make to make the, make the film movie.
0: Kansas City.
1: And we're sitting here now on... Probably the last opportunity to do something with it. Mm -hmm. When you have a UNESCO designation, there's no higher to go. And that's huge. There's no higher to go. So what we do now will impact what we do in three, five, 50 years. And if people are going to live here and we're going to be constantly... Um, trying to figure out how we're going to feed people or homeless people or things like that. People will pull themselves up when the opportunity is so vast wherever you go. Look at Atlanta. Everybody I hear is talking about, well, I'm moving to Atlanta. Why? Because there's opportunity there. That is true. I cannot dispute that. You can go and open up a little mom and pop shop and be inundated Mm -hmm. if you've got a good product.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I can't dispute that. Can you do that here? I'm not sure anymore. Because we need to be able to up the mass. We need a critical mass moving. And the only thing that's going to do that, they say it all the time, whenever artists move into a blighted neighborhood, what happens?
0: The whole neighborhood Everything comes changed. up. Whole neighborhood comes up, and and this neighborhood, northeast neighborhood, is is absolute testament to that because so many of the artists that moved into the Crossroads ten years ago, and they started to get taxed out, of or gentrified out of the Crossroads, and so they came up here, and there's a whole score of artists that, that live here in Northeast.
1: We need to be able to maintain their maintenance, Mm -hmm. okay? We can't be so set on making the money that the people who made the money for us get taxed out of where they're going. Right. There needs to be that happening all the time. And that can only happen all the time when we're able to put in enough to where they can live. Mm -hmm. Because artists, if you noticed, are not really concerned with being multi-billionaires they want to create it's, and that what the whole aspect of this thing is about right they want to create they want to live out who they are mm-hmm. and we need to be able as a city and as citizens to let that happen to make sure that that's an ongoing situation not just for us but for them and for the economics of the situation
0: so we've we've talked about a lot uh UNESCO what its designation as a as a city of music is any parting thoughts any parting comments that maybe i've missed or that you'd like our readers and listeners to know about moving forward and how can they help in making sure that that $425,000 is is part of the next year's budget
1: Probably the best they can do is write to City Hall for us on our behalf, especially musicians and artists, to just send a note. It's just an email. There's a list of people who are in City Hall. Just look them up and tell them, please support uh, Melissa Robinson's, was it Tutu? uh 220993 220993 correct support that resolution so that we can get started on this um, strategic plan so that they can benefit. That's all that needs to be done. Just to <clears throat> show yourself, so many people are waiting for somebody to do something. Well, it's here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Horton here is a who. Everybody's got to come to the middle of the city.
2: Right, exactly. You know,
1: and yell out, we are here. Well, let them know that you're here. You know, let them know that it exists. And if I were to say anything... I think some of the greatest people on the earth right now have been the people who've helped me through this. And Anna-Marie Tatera is one of them here. Um, Jacob Wagner, Kathy Pursley, Bukeka, and my husband, Lynn Brown. These people have been here the last five years. I mean, through thick and thin, through there being $2 in our bank account to try to make this happen. They have not... They've not shuddered one second into understanding how important this is to the future. So if anything, this city has people who are really, really dedicated to being real and making sure that, okay, yeah, we may not become millionaires. Maybe somebody will. But we're in the game. Mm -hmm. We're internationally recognized. And that's because these people give of their lives daily and do not get paid. Trust me. No, No, yeah. Trust (laughs) me. So this, this, this money will help us to settle down and focus. And that's what's needed the most, is focus.
0: Anita Dixon, Creative Cities KC Executive Director. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: All right.